This morning we're going to look at a passage from Romans chapter 13, 11 and 14. Salvation is closer than it appears. When I uh, finished high school back in uh, 1985, some were also talking about graduation before St. John's. What's it called? The Tigers? Yeah. St. John's. How many St. John's Tigers are here? Former one, two, three, four, five. Oh, alumna. Six. Look at that. Go Tigers, eh? So, uh, high school graduation, I thought, you know, I needed something before going to university, before starting a career. I wanted to kind of do something personal. So I went to a, uh, a Bible school called Winkler Bible Institute. Now, has, has anyone ever heard of Winkler Bible Institute before? Yeah? Okay, so that school, I think, closed around two, the year 2000. But uh, we had the last couple of years there. And there's about 100 students attended the school. My desire to go to the school was to personally grow. I finished high school. I was a Christian. I wanted, you know, I was looking for adventure, and they called it Winkler Bridal Institute, so I thought maybe I could find a, a wife there, and, but it uh, didn't work out. Um, but I, I was interested in just growing. I wanted to know God more. I really wanted to study and, and have fun. I took, I took piano lessons at, at school for two weeks, and I dropped it. <laughs> The teacher said, Dave, are you going to practice? I said, I don't know. i got too much fun going on. He goes, well, please drop it because you're horrible. So I wasn't, I wasn't practicing, so I, I did that. Uh, but I went to Bible school, and, and I said to God, I really want to get close to you. And so what happened was, and this is the only time I can say this happened in my life, the only time I can recall this ever happening. Um, I went to sleep one night, and I had a dream. And I can't remember what the dream was about, but all I remember from the dream was Romans 13. Very clear in my head, Romans 13. It's the only time in my life where I, th I thought, I felt God was saying something to me in a dream. So I, next morning, I, obviously I woke, woke up, I opened, up, I opened the Bible up to Romans chapter 13. I read through Romans 13 and there was uh, a lot about, uh, you know, making sure you, you know, honor the government and so on. And then there was a, a section on love. Not to owe any debt except for love. And then the part that really got me, and I think this is where I was supposed to focus, because this part has focused my life on my, it's been my ministry focus, was verses 11 to 14. And I want to read this to you because I think it's been a really a, a theme kind of section of, of scripture for me all my life since then. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing or in drunkenness, not in immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, but rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. This passage became for me, I think, a direction, a focus of my life. Uh, by no means have I kept this passage of Scripture perfectly in my life, by no means. But it's always been kind of that, uh, I guess, that compass point, that, that, that refocusing of my life on what really is important here. And it's guided me in being a youth pastor and pastor and even a dad and a friend to tell people, this life is temporary. This life as described as nighttime, 
is temporary and it's not going to last and there's something coming that's going to be forever. And so my whole life has been with that theme. I'll never forget that, that dream. I, I, I'm not sure if it was God or if it was just the spaghetti the night before that gave me that dream. I'm not sure what it was. I'm pretty sure God gave me that, that thought though because it stuck with me. And that same year, uh, uh, October 31st, our group went down to Minneapolis uh, for, for a concert kind of weekend, the, the Winter Bible Institute group. And I remember October 31st, 1986, and I think I've said this before, at this, this convention, this Bill Gothard convention, I sat there and I remember he gave the challenge and he said, are you willing to give your life for everything for God? And I said, yes. That night, I said, Lord, whatever you want for the rest of my life, I will do. And I have that date in my mind. That was a very special year for me. And it began my, my walk towards being a pastor, I guess. I mean, I, I didn't know at that point for sure I'd be a pastor. But I definitely knew that God had that call in my life. I want to just kind of go over this verse for a few minutes, and then we're going to enjoy some food together. He says, The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. How many of you took a bus to school every day growing up? Any country folk here? Yeah. I grew up in a small town in southern Ontario. So I took a bus every day until I was 16. Then I could finally drive. We, we took cars in. But every day I had to get up to the bus. And we were the, we were the first one on the bus route. So obviously we had to get up earliest. And I can't remember what time it was, but I had a lot of problems sometimes, especially in my, my middle school years, of getting up for the bus. And I can remember, I'm not sure how many times, I can remember waking up and seeing the clock and thinking, that bus is going to be here soon, because he was consistently, the, you know, about the same time. And looking out the window, and you could see about two miles down the road, it was a long, you know, stretch of road, you could see the bus and the blinking lights, and they stopped all the time. I guess there must have been a few people before me, but I had to rush. I was in a rush to get dressed. I had to get my pajamas off and, and get dressed, and I had no time for breakfast. And I can't remember how many times that happened. There's nothing worse than feeling rushed in the morning. Isn't that true? When you, like, you know you're late, and you have to get something really place really quick, and you're rushing, and you just feel horrible. You can't shower. You can't do what you want to do. This is the feeling that here in this passage. The hour has already come for you to wake up. Like, why are you still in bed from your slumber? Because your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. He's talking to believers and saying... You, believer, you, maybe Christ will show up at some point, but you as a believer, even in your life, your life is coming to a place where you're going to meet the Lord one day. We have no idea how long God gives each of us. I had a cousin, 21, went swimming one day, a young believer, never came home, he drowned. He had no plans to not come home that day. I've had another friend, Bible at uh, out in BC. He was a dedicated Christian. Went to serve at a camp in the summer camp. Went on a little motorcycle ride down a road. Got hit by a car. Died. 21 as well. We have no idea how long God gives us. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Life is short. 50 some people have died from coronavirus already. I'm sure two weeks ago they had no idea they would be passed away at this point. No. God gives us a certain amount of time. And I think 
when I heard that kind of verse in my head, I saw this verse, I thought, Dave, you need to tell people that life is short. Make the most of it. Wake up from your slumber. He's going to describe here what it means to live in slumber. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the things that are of the night or of darkness, he says. There are things that our world says, you need to do this because this is important. And if, if you want life, this is what, what really matters. And they don't realize that the, the, the dawn is coming. Either the end of their life or Christ will return. And so he says, put aside those deeds that belong to the night. Take off the pajamas. Take off the night clothes that don't belong to you anymore as a believer. John writes, actually it should be 1 John 2, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, everything of the night, and he just gives a list, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, do not come from the Father, but from the world, and these desires, he says, the world and its desires are passing away. They're not going to last. As good as you think it feels to do that and to go there, it's not going to last. It's fleeting. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Verse 13, of, of, back to Romans 13. Let us behave decently. This is to us as Christians. Our behavior has to be decent. Not because God is ready to pound you, but because we want to reflect the one who gave his life for us. We want to show the world that there's a difference in following Jesus Christ. Our world's in darkness. It really is. They need help. They need to see something different in us. And he gives a, just a list of things quickly here. Not in carousing, which... I mean, carousing simply means kind of that, that uh, you know, going out just like, don't care, you just party, 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 and, and just maybe you beat somebody up, and like, you know how that thing works on the weekend. He says drunkenness, not in sexual immorality, not debauchery. Debauchery is just a word that says everything that's kind of, again, no restraint, often associated with drunkenness. Not in dissension and jealousy. You know, we in the church here have to be so careful how we treat each other. If someone sings well and I don't, I shouldn't be jealous of them. If someone makes better soup than I today, I shouldn't be jealous. Though my chili is better, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but we're not supposed to be dividing. Why? That's nighttime stuff. That's so temporary. We're going to someday be forever with our Lord. This stuff is so unimportant in some sense. And jealousy. Speaking of nighttime, how many of you ever wake up in the middle of the night and just plan your whole life? You ever do that? I did that last night, 2 o'clock. <sighs> wake up and you, you know, you go to your bathroom thing, whatever, so you just, may as well at that point. And then you sit there and you start, I went over my whole sermon last night at 2 a.m. in my head. And you start to plan your life, right? Everything goes to your head. This and that and this and that. You just, you just, until you go through that, then you can finally fall asleep again. So I think around 3 o'clock I fell asleep again. But this is what happens, even he says in Psalm 36. 
at nighttime, when you don't live in the way that God wants you to live, even on their beds, they plot evil. I mean, even before they get up and they commit themselves to a sinful course and do not reject what is wrong. You know, it begins by your thinking, right? It begins by your planning. Like, well, I need to get some revenge on that, that person or I need to get back at them or this is how I'm going to do this. Or, this is what I plan to do. And it begins in our, in our minds, doesn't it? And so here's where it comes to our thinking. Rather than doing those things, the positive is this. Rather, in verse 14, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Clothe yourselves with Jesus Christ. This is the day clothing I'm supposed to be putting on. I'm supposed to take off those pajamas, those night party clothes, whatever you want to call them, and put on Jesus Christ for my day. Even now before I see him. We are given that ability to do that. To be like Christ in this world. Not perfectly. I understand that. We have a chance to look like Jesus Christ. One final passage that kind of relates to this comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul is talking about when the Lord returns, the second coming. We've been talking about this in in our Revelation uh, Bible study and encourage you to come out for that. It's really interesting stuff. So he says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So, you know, that's when thieves usually do their work, right? Nighttime. And while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. Okay, I'm not going to even try to describe that one for you. So for you ladies who've had babies, you understand how suddenly that comes upon you. And they will not escape. So talking about the Lord's return will be sudden. It's going to be like a thief coming at nighttime. You're thinking things are good. Life is good. And suddenly there will be, for the world, destruction. But he says to the believer, but you are not in darkness, brothers or sisters, that that day should surprise you like a thief. And here's the part I really want to focus on. For you are what? We're children of light, children of the day. So Paul uses the same kind of um, picture here to describe Christians. We belong to to God. We can see clearly what's coming. Light, Light has to do with seeing, right? We are children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep, as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. And again, he's not talking physically here. He's talking in a spiritual sense to be alert, to be thinking, to be in God's word, to be clear-minded. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, Since we belong to Christ, we are his. Let us be sober. Again, not physically, he's talking about in a spiritual sense. Having put on, and here are the three things we want to put on. This is the clothing of Christ. Put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Paul uses these three words over and over and over to describe what it means to live the Christian life. Faith, hope, and love. If you can keep these three words in your brain, in your head, you've got them in a nutshell, first of all. But 
a nutshell, okay, that's a bad joke again. <laughs> if you can keep these three words in your life, you will look like Christ. Faith in God and his word. Love for each other. And we're talking about sacrificial giving kind of love, which I see in this church all the time. And then hope. Hope looks forward to what we don't see yet. But it's that trust in that what God has promised, that no matter what happens in my life now, there's always hope because one day I will be with him forever. So I can get through a lot of things with that kind of hope. I hope you're encouraged this morning. Like I said, when I went to Bible school and I said, God, I just want to hear, I want to know you more. I want to understand you. I want, I want to know what you want from me. This passage became very special to me. God wants us to live in the daytime for him. So let's do that. I'm going to invite the team. We're going to end with a song and then we're going to enjoy some food together if you'd like to stay. Um, if you can't stay, we wish you a great week. And again, Bible study Wednesday, we're going to do Re Revelation chapter 5. Arise and shine. So I think we need to arise and let's shine. <laughs>